The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Suffering begets growth. Often, that means acting against your first instinct. It's pouring rain outside? Go run anyway. Your house is a mess, but you're tired? Clean it anyway. This way of thinking puts you on the offensive and gets you out of lazy, comfortable routines. Choosing the path of most resistance builds authentic confidence and lasting mental resilience. Hey there, everyone. I'm Michael Kovnat, and welcome to a new week of The Next Big Idea Daily, snackable life lessons for those of us who love learning but also have full-time jobs. Okay, so as a listener to this podcast, I know you're pretty smart, but are you a genius? What is a genius, anyway? Do you know any? The word conjures up a very special, even magical type of human being. But more than an inherent quality, what we call genius might just be a way of looking at the world, a mindset that all of us could learn to employ. Here to help you unleash the genius within is Paulina Maranova Pompliano, author of the new book, Hidden Genius, The Secret Ways of Thinking That Power the World's Most Successful People. Paulina has been a business journalist for Fortune Magazine, and she's the founder of The Profile, a new media company that features long-form profiles of successful people and companies each week. She studied the common features that separate original thinkers from the rest of us, and she joins us now to share some of her key insights. Manufacturing hardship is key to developing lasting mental toughness. The definition of mental toughness varies depending on who you ask, but one commonality is the ability to endure. And enduring pain, discomfort, and uncertainty for long periods of time doesn't happen by accident. It happens when you regularly stress test yourself by intentionally introducing hardship in your everyday life. I learned this big idea from former Navy SEAL David Goggins. Goggins was in his early 20s suffering from asthma, a learning disability, a stutter, and crushingly low self-esteem. He confronted these insecurities for the first time when he signed up for the Bad Water 135, a race that requires participants to run 135 miles in 24 hours in the peak heat of Death Valley. To qualify, Goggins had to first run a 100-mile race in San Diego, but he had never run long distance before. The result? Goggins peed blood, nearly passed out, broke the bones in his feet, and endured stress fractures but he finished the race. This was the race that taught Goggins he needed to develop mental tools to endure pain. His first tool came from the Navy. He dubbed it the 40% rule. The rule is the reason why even though most people hit a wall at mile 20 during a marathon, they're still able to finish. It's simple. When your mind is telling you that you're done, that you're exhausted, that you cannot possibly go any further, you're probably only actually 40% done. A lot of cars have governors on them at, let's say, 91 miles an hour, explains Goggins. It may only go 91 miles an hour because the governor stops it from going 130. We do the same thing to our brain. When we get uncomfortable, our brain gives us a way out, usually quitting or taking the easier route. The second tool Goggins used is what he calls the accountability mirror. 
It's a way of undergoing controlled emotional pain. When Goggins decided to become a Navy SEAL, he looked at his reflection in the mirror and said, You're fat, you're lazy, and you're a liar. What are you going to do about it? This sounds harsh, but Goggins says that he needed to face his insecurities in order to overcome them. And the second half of that statement, the focus on remedies, made it something more than self-criticism. He pasted sticky notes around the outside of the mirror, outlining the steps he needed to take to achieve his goals. They would say things like, go one day without lying for external validation, or go on a two-mile run. Third, Goggins decided to do something that sucks every single day, because suffering begets growth. Often, that means acting against your first instinct. It's pouring rain outside? Go run anyway. Your house is a mess but you're tired? Clean it anyway. This way of thinking puts you on the offensive and gets you out of lazy, comfortable routines. Choosing the path of most resistance builds authentic confidence and lasting mental resilience. Audit the information that you put into your brain. One of the biggest realizations I've had in the last few years is simple but overlooked. What you eat is who you are, and what you read is who you become. While most of us are willing to invest in our health, we often neglect our content diet, the information we feed our brains with on a daily basis. It's easy to fall into a spiral of consuming junk food content, sensationalist articles, and social media posts that plunge you into destructive thought patterns. So can we inch toward leading healthier lives by optimizing what our bodies and our brains ingest? You can start with conducting an honest audit of your content consumption. In 2019, I made a conscious decision to elevate the information I was consuming, and it had a tremendous effect on my mental state. First, I conducted a content audit. I took an honest look at the content I consumed on a daily basis. What do I read? What do I watch? What do I listen to? Who do I hang out with? Then I made a few rules. I would read fewer surface-level news articles and more long-form profiles. I would watch less reality TV and more documentaries. I would limit my conversations to 10% small talk and 90% substance. Finally, I made it practical. I deleted a few social media apps from my phone. I stopped mindlessly scrolling. I used Pocket and Notion to save interesting articles, podcasts, and video interviews I wanted to watch. I joined communities and engaged with people who enjoyed brainstorming and debating new ideas. I listened to high-quality podcasts during my runs. I launched the Profile Dossier, a weekly deep dive that allowed me to take a closer look at a person whose life path I found interesting. I also started conducting interviews to have more compelling conversations. If you go about your day without a content strategy, you run the risk of falling into an echo chamber full of one-sided opinions. I learned that when it comes to your brain, you need to get off autopilot. You are at your most powerful when you tie your identity to your own name. To better explain this big idea, I'd like to start with a thought experiment. When someone asks, so what do you do? How do you respond? You'd likely respond with your most impressive identity. For many people, the answer is their job title. For five years, my primary identity was Paulina Marinova, writer and editor at Fortune magazine. But I wasn't in control of that identity. If I ever got fired or laid off, I was at risk of losing my entire self-worth. And losing that is a recipe for psychological disaster. 
The best thing I did for myself is start writing my newsletter, The Profile in 2017, because it gave me another identity, one that allowed me to be fully myself. It would be the identity that I would eventually choose to embody full-time. Once we've reached a certain level of success, we get comfortable and complacent. We wrap our identities around jobs, relationships, and material possessions, all things we could lose. Over time, we begin to trust ourselves less and leave our destinies in other people's hands. It's the one thing preventing us from unlocking our own hidden genius. We are scared to bet on ourselves. And one key element to betting on yourself is giving yourself permission to fail because you know that you have the skills necessary to course correct. I learned this from heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou, whose winding life journey left me speechless. He told me, I know that if I fail, I can start over and over and over and over. I have that skill. And you can take everything from me, but you cannot take that. Remember, there is no bad time to bet on yourself. Start a newsletter, a passion project, or a new venture that lets you tie your identity to something that actually matters, your own name. Nothing is more liberating. As a wise philosopher named Beyonce once said, I don't like to gamble, but if there's one thing I'm willing to bet on, it's myself. Success is personal and ever-changing. My final big idea came after I asked myself the question, how do I define success? That question changed the trajectory of my life. In January 2020, I was riding the subway home from my job at Fortune magazine when I read this Anna Quinlan quote, I am successful on my own terms. Because if your success is not on your own terms, if it looks good to the world but does not feel good in your heart, it is not success at all. The truth was that I didn't feel successful on my own terms. I still saw success as a measure of status, money, and achievement. I didn't realize that the universal hidden genius across many of the exceptional people I had studied was this. Success is personal. Comedian Jerry Seinfeld describes success as the endless process of tinkering until you get as close as you can to perfection. Melinda Gates, on the other hand, says her definition of success was shaped by this Ralph Waldo Emerson quote, To know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. In her case, as one of the richest women on the planet, she's used her capital to back global health initiatives and support female-led businesses. To actor Matthew McConaughey, success looks entirely different. For him, it's the measurement of five things. Fatherhood, friendships, career, being a good husband, and the state of his mind, body, and spirit. After studying and interviewing so many remarkable figures, I don't envy or hero worship any of them. I have seen that success doesn't exist in a vacuum. People are dealing with family drama, money problems, insecurities, and all sorts of human messiness on a daily basis. So I will leave you with this question that I ask every single person I interviewed for my book. How do you define success? Thank you, Paulina. One of my big takeaways is that success in life is largely a matter of managing your own mind making friends with it, learning to channel your thinking along lines that are compatible with your life goals. Let's keep our focus on the human mind this week. Tomorrow, we'll be joined by psychologist Paul Bloom, who's going to summarize some of the latest thinking about what the mind is and how it works. His book is called Psych, The Story of the Human Mind, so come back tomorrow to check that out. 
you can't wait, go on to our Next Big Idea app, where you'll find Paul, Polina, and other big thinkers summarizing their books for you. There's a lot to learn out there, people, and limited time. So check out the Next Big Idea app for a quick boost to your brain power. I'm Michael Kovnat. See you tomorrow.